Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me as sometimes. Neil Orfield of Stochastic, the High Stakes Podcast, and other and other content, uh, everything. Everything. Yep. You, you, you do show, I saw the thumbnail. I haven't watched it. It's just like, fuck it, we'll do it live. Is that what oh, that was uh, an underdog show, I believe, with uh, with Eric Lindquist. Yeah, that's just an underdog. We do some uh, prop betting, and we do some. Uh, we draft. We do one of the daily drafts, or a couple of daily drafts on those shows. Oh, and you do it yeah, live, do live on the show. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, we do live drafts, and we are getting people in our like. We can see people in our chat talking about it who are in the drafts with us. So that's always the struggle when you're doing these drafts. Like people, you know, Eric Bynford does the the best ball drafts all the time, and I was still kind of bad for the people who are doing live drafts on like YouTube because they always have people like five of the people are in the draft with them hearing everything they're saying about who they want to get, and uh, I think you're a lot more likely to get sniped. Right, but you also do the pick'em stuff. Yep, we also did some. Uh, we do we do some pick'em there as well. So do you just show it's like, oh, here's our projections and here's where it's off and these, these look good? Pretty much. I mean, that <laughs> my, my approach is very much a reverse engineering approach. So like now that I'm I'm doing a lot of uh, that type of content, no house advantage. I did a prize pick show on Monday. Uh, we do these. It's, it's very much looking at our projections. This one has a 58% win odds. Why is that? And then I reverse engineer why we have, you know, the overhitting or the underhitting 58% of the time. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it makes it a lot easier when you've got the projections there. Are you going to put volume down on stuff like that yourself? Um, I have been increasing my volume there just because I'm doing content for it. Um, I don't think I'm going to put significant volume behind it unless I really do find a lot of success. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of my coworkers have found a lot of success. I don't know. My cousin actually has been messaging me with big wins. Uh, so maybe, maybe that is something I should be doing, but so far I'm still like, I've decreased my volume in DFS so much that I'm not really looking to jump into um, really parlays at this point. Okay. Cause that me, I'm, I'm most of mine are switching over to that. Like, uh, like I need to set my, 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 my reminder on my phone for like 1am, like before I go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, do I need to really set an alarm? It's pretty much before I go to sleep, go check the prize picks board. And then when I wake up in the morning before I do my show, check the underdog board and then just slam whatever, Whatever I need to slam, and then I'm I'm good, and then I'm good until DFS lock, because. So how do you do that as somebody? So so do you do your own projections for these things then? Because like for me, okay. So no, you, are just, you just looking at other books and comparing lines, or what do you do? I just use the bat. I just okay. Let me take a look at the bat. Look let me take a look at the the line. Is is it over like the fifty seven and a half percent win percentage? Good. And if I could find a couple, I'll round robin two pick. You know them together for whatever you know amount that it should be. The bigger so, the, the bigger the, the discrepancy, the more money I put down, and then I'm done. And then there admittedly, you go. I, I have I have not had time to listen to your show from last week yet. I'm definitely going to uh, at some point your show with Cardi. But I did not realize that the bat does um, prop betting lines. Well, I mean, you just, just, you, just you look at the, look at the over under, and you look at what what the what the the mean on the. But where on, do you get the, like the fifty seven percent likelihood stuff? Oh, just the, the discrepancy between the numbers. I mean, like every 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 stat oh, has see. its own distribution. So, like like if if the prize picks line is five and a half and the bat has it at five point eight five, it's like that isn't enough to okay. overcome the the vig the hold that they have on the market. You Got need it. like minus one thirty sevens 
on these types of things. So it's like, but if the over was five and a half and if the line was five and a half and the the bat has the pitcher at like 4.3, it's like, okay, that that's an under, that, that's a good, that's okay. a good under one, right? You know, yeah. you have to look for the bigger discrepancies depending on the stat. You're looking at pitcher outs, right? You could look there. It's like that sometimes they have like, you know, it's uh it's 15 and a half and the bat has it at like 18, Right to go for okay. six innings, and so I was like, okay, that th- there's an over, right? And you just go through, pretty much just go through, go through all that. The batting ones need a, a lot more because the distributions aren't normal, so you can't just. It's like you know, it's like uh, like total bases, like you can't just go by. Oh, this is a half a total base, and the bat has it at like point eight five. It's like that. That's that's not enough. And I mean, it's really yep. the chance of getting a hit or something. That's right. the, the distribution doesn't work that way. You no. can throw these through uh, like a Poisson distribution to get the, like the more exact ones. But when it comes to, to prize picks and underdog, you need big discrepancies as it is that you'd be able to see it. Yep. Right. Okay. So like, it's not yeah, like normal true. sports betting where uh, the lines, uh, you know, it's over five and a half at minus one ten. Like is 5.9 good enough to bet? there like do you right. are you gonna get some like that that could be on the edge but for prize picks it would be no like it would just yeah. like simply be that's definitely not a minus 137 so you just pass right. on those and typically typically i could find at like 1 a.m probably somewhere between four and six that are off enough for me to 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 put money down on it and nice. then the underdog ones come up in the morning and a lot of times i could find three or four there and uh, there you go. You put fifty to hundred bucks down, twenty five bucks, whatever you know. And it's not just like, like if I could find six of them, I mean I'm putting down like A plus B, A plus C, A plus D, A plus. So it's like you're just doing two like cards two with picks. just two picks on them, okay? Right. Multiple because I want to reduce the variance as much as possible. So it's like, yep. like yeah, that the five pick flexes are technically the higher EV ones because you get that point four x getting three right. But I right. want to. I'd, I'd, I'd give. I'm giving that up to reduce my variance. Where, like, if I if I if I if I round robin six, and get four of them right, like I make I, I profit. I make I make money. Right. I make small profit. Right. I would get five out of six. I make a good profit. If I make six out of six, well, you would have gotten six out of six on a six pick. Or, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get that anyway because I've won literally all my two picks. Right. Right. So like I'm gonna triple my money. I mean, because it's all three x. Right, yep. it's two payouts, so it's like I'm tripling it as as it is, and it's very and it's it's quite rare that you know if I have eight or nine or something between prize picks and underdog, or ten or eleven that like oh zero out of eleven, it's like it it, it really doesn't. A lot of times it's somewhere between like four and eight or something that that come in, so it's like I lose a little, I win a little, and then you build that up over time, and uh, as long as you're getting the good numbers, and then I track them. Like typically before, uh, before I build my DFS lineups, like at six ish or so Eastern, like yep. I'll just go back to Price Picks and Underdog and see where the line is. And like if the line moved in my favor, like I, I chalked it up as a as a like a CLV type of win. It's like my goal is to to have all all my lines move. If I do over five and a half strikeouts and it's at six at six o'clock, it's like okay, I got a half I got a half uh, strikeout worth of value. I don't want to see it going in the other direction. But I mean, if the bat still has it at a certain thing and it's going in the other direction, maybe I end up hitting it again. I go, I'm going to trust the bat right. over over the where, where the money's going. But 
pretty much a lot of the times that they, they, they move in my favor. They, in NFL, they, they almost always move in my favor. So, nice. I mean, what, what time do you say it happens at night? Prize picks, what time did it drop? Typically, them? the board goes up around one in the morning, somewhere around Eastern. Where, okay. Yeah, Eastern, something like that. And you want to hit it early because you may even get value in the morning. Like, you may find that some line is off enough that, you know, they have, you know, some strikeout prop at like four and a half. And the bat has it at like 6.2. Right? right, and then by the time you wake up in the morning, it's like five, instead of four and a half. Right, right. But that's a there's a difference there. So maybe it's at five and a half. If it's at five and a half, you have no value anymore. Right. right. So like, you got to get it before before they move. Underdog typically doesn't put those lines up until the morning. They'll have some like okay. pitch pitch count props. They'll have some, but they don't typically put up the K's and the pitcher outs and. Hits allowed and that, those types of things. Typically, until the sports books put up their lines. Sounds like you're excited about baseball season. That's just like all, all these props you're talking about. These are all MLB props. Yeah, well, I'm excited yeah. because I haven't been playing NBA DFS. So it's like, right. you know, soccer is like once, maybe twice a week. MMA is once a week. So I'm like sitting here going, yeah, playing a lot of poker. But yeah. when, when does DFS come back? When does baseball come back? And baseball's yeah. back. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. Sure is. We're going to be sick I know, of it because in two I'm months, on you know. every damn show six days a week. Oh, so you're doing a ton of shows? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a, a strategy show. So starting tomorrow, I'll be on with Alex. Alex is my co-host, and then on uh, on Saturday, I'll be there with Terry. Or I guess no, Friday I'll be with Terry McBride, and then for, after that, I'm I'm doing solo strategy shows every morning at uh, eleven Central Time. Okay, so uh, solo like for an hour. I think so. Yeah, it's kind of up to me how long it goes, but I think the goal is about an hour per show. Are are you intimidated by doing it by yourself? I think it's actually easier for me. Like, like at this point, I've I've done enough content that I'm fairly comfortable doing content, and I think in some ways doing it solo, I, I've never done a solo live show, so it is a new thing that I a new thing for me. But I think it'll be kind of fun to just be able to like show people exactly the tools that I'm using. Just like, here's how I'm thinking about the top stacks tool. Here's how I'm going to, you know, put the stacks into my optimizer after looking at the top stacks. tool. that kind of thing is going to be relatively easy. The only downside is, uh, MLB content. When I'm doing MLB content, that is dry content. Like I, I don't go into like batters and like, I, I don't look really closely at, and that's what people want a lot of the time. So, uh, for a lot of people, it's going to be a little bit boring, but I'm like, I'm just going to show you what I actually use. Well, that, you're doing a show similar to my show, right? Do you do a Do you do a solo show? Yeah, I mean, I mean, every Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern. I mean, but I'm okay. also doing more not slate related stuff. We may talk right. about a slate or something to to go over concepts. I mean, essentially, it's you know, it's the theory of daily fantasy sports, like just in an unstructured way, answering questions, how to use the tools, obviously at Roto Grinders, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a solo show. I'm used to. To me, solo shows are easier because I talk so much as it is. Right. But I don't you, have to, don't have to worry like about someone else. Mondays with McCool, that kind of thing. I feel like you Oh, yeah, yeah. Have... James is on on Mondays. So that's, that's okay. the only time. Is that time. the and only day that... of the week that you have a guest? No, well, I, I catch some of your shows. Yeah, every once in a while. Nowadays, like like so Nerdy Tenor will come on every so often if I have like a yeah, yeah, subject I've, or something. I jumped on. I watched that one. Yeah. Right. I always watch when Nerdy Tenor is on. Right. But when James is on, it's just like, okay, instead of talking 100% of the time, I talk 94% of the time. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I thought James, James does a better job than I do. I think of like interjecting himself, but, uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're a powerful voice, but this is the solo show. It's just, it's the chat and you, and then you just go through, you just go through stuff. Yeah, exactly. But for, it's, but for me, for base that, like when you say it's dry content, 
I mean, my con- my content for baseball is even drier than yours, than what yours is going to be. You think so? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Only because my my whole thing, and I think the like the most important the most important episode of this podcast or of the DFS pregame show in the past, I mean, probably ever, but in the past couple of months is the where does the money come from episode. It's right. like where does the actual money where does the where, where does the equity come from the money that you could win, and it comes from bad lineups. It comes from bad players. So the more bad right. players and more bad lineups, the more money there is available that you're fighting over to win. So like, out of all the sports, like the event driven base sports, median projections aren't as relevant as they right. would be on normally distributed like NBA. Type yeah. of stuff like giving up twenty points of projection in NBA is a lot. I mean, it's just that's all that's to make that up. It, right. You have to make it up through little things here and there, here and there, here and there. Are here. there any other sports like NBA like that? Not really. Yeah, I can't really think of any quite to the same extent, at least. Maybe right, but golf it, is no, but there's yeah, golf I think it's is just a NBA, really. But but yeah. still, like in in in. There are more available plus EV lineups in baseball than there are like almost any other sport because of the correlative nature, because, you know, strong correlations between batters on the same team. Yeah. That like essentially, I mean, the the, the concept that, that we talk about in the course and I talk about all the time is that when plus EV lineups for GPPs macro wise, like the bad lineups are ones that are either too high owned or too low projected. So your goal as a macro is to build the highest projected lineups you can for the lowest ownership as po- as possible. So there's going to be like this band of lineups that like project well enough and are lo- are low owned enough that are all playable, that are all yep. profit that all profitable. Some may be more profitable than others, but they all should be for the most part profitable to some extent. Yeah. And these high owned lineups, you know, cash type lineups, you know, I'm going to play the, the two chalkiest pitchers with the chalkiest stack and the chalkiest one off. Like that's seeding, you know, a lot of first place equity. And then you got lineups that project for 50 points lower in baseball, you know, with two garbage pitchers and like the, like uh, over projected stack or something like those lineups are seeding like a lot of the, they actually win first more than the other ones, but they see like right. all of the stuff in the middle that yeah. like as long as you build lineups in between those enough and there are those lineups that like you need 15 20% you need more than the rake yeah. of those bad quote unquote bad lineups those negative EV lineups that like any lineup that's in in that range should be profitable we're going to be playing like 14 game MLB slates where like like that's why I said like your content is dry it's like my content is drier my content is like Okay, let's identify the lineups we don't play. Right. And then out of the lineups that we don't play, how many combinations that include some type of stack can we make on this slate? Oh, I think the number is like 34 million. And we could we could get rid of like a million of these lineups. Right? We could get a get a rid of the million uh, we could get a rid, rid of uh uh lineups that are like not stacked or anything like that. Out of the 34 million, we could get rid of like I don't know. 30 million of them, right? Because a lot of combinations yeah. that don't have stack, five-man stacks or anything like that. Okay, now we're down to 4 million lineups that you could make with a five-man stack and three one-offs and two pitchers. And then out of those, we have, uh, you know, maybe a couple of thousand that are too high-owned. 
And we maybe have like half of those lineups that are too low projected, right? So like 2 million are too low projected. So now we're down to 2 million. And then we don't want to play the, the first couple couple of thousand. And then the rest in between are, prob, are probably, probably most likely profitable. So there you go. So like uh, you're going to play, uh, so, so do it in the chat on YouTube. It's like, uh, well, what lineups do I play? It's like, uh, well, you could play one of these like 1.8 million lineups. Like, right. Like, and that would, that would be profitable. So it's like, you show me a lineup. That's like this guy, that guy, this stack. It's like, is it too high owned? No. Is it too low projected? No. Does it have a stack in it? Yes. Okay. Play it. Right. Yep. Obviously the ownership in different contests will be different. What high owned is, is going to be different in context of what you're playing. A single entry, small field versus a large field contest. Obviously, so you say the small it'll be field, you want, don't you really want to sacrifice mean, as much projection, but you also you get all the condensed ownership. You really mean that it's going to be plus EV, those lineups, not right, profitable. Plus EV, profitable long term. A, right, profitable yeah, yeah, plus term. EV, the same, same profitable in the long run. They yeah. will be profitable lineups. I say this because I was just uh, reading the uh, sports projection thread yet came mm-hmm. out yesterday. Did, did you read that thread? Yeah, yeah, I, I read about the, the variance in MLB DFS. Yeah, which I, I knew because I had back-to-back seasons where I had an incredible season in 2021 MLB and then an absolutely atrocious season in 2022. Uh, and basically, I think it came out ahead like a few thousand dollars for those two seasons combined, but it was like literally all profit one season and the next season. Last year, I just completely was was losing my hat uh, day after day. So it's kind of a little bit promising to me to think, okay, maybe I wasn't playing as terribly as I think I was playing. Maybe I was just not, didn't have variance on my side last year, um, but uh, still, regardless, I thought it was interesting to see the the distributions of uh, outcomes for players who are even playing lineups that are expected to be in the top one percent. Right. I mean, the variance in, in MLB is ridiculous, and that's why, yeah. like, like weighing things over one point in projections seem like almost seem like what what are you spending your that much time on? I mean, like it's just right. like that. It's it's it, it's almost a wash over time that the main thing in GPPs for one lineup is to build a lineup that isn't too high owned and isn't too low projected. I mean, like, and the project, how low a projection you could have in MLB with the coral of nature of a five man stack is like, like, dude, one swing of the bat is 14 points. I mean, like, like a solo shot and right. right. You could make up 14 points in one event. You can't do that in NBA. Can't do that in golf. Right. You can't even do that. In, you can't do that in a lot of things. So like, like how many pitchers are in play? Like, and like, like, dude, don't think don't think of MLB DFS in terms of who do you play. I think that the MLB DFS to me is what combinations of players should you avoid because of combinatorial ownership. Right. And then and then what players do you not play just simply because they project way too low for their price, like just right. way way to like just way, especially a pitcher, which are more normally distributed outcomes. So like that point, it's like so your show of like, oh, here's the strategy show for MLB. Like if I was doing your show and it's like, oh, let's take a look at today's slate. And I'm like, okay. Okay, we got like, uh, uh, you could build like 800,000 good lineups. Like some, feel free to, <laughs> right. feel free to play, you know, and we could go. Play through whichever under, you want. Right. Yeah. We could go through who, uh, I think this stack is over-owned yeah. for, its, for its outcome. I think this stack is under-owned. Right, but you can play an overown stack if you're playing underown pitchers, right? Yeah. If you're playing an underown three man with it, or if you're playing underown one offs, 
That's fine if they're high. They're a high raw point projected stack, but they're overowned. But I mean, the same thing happens in NBA. So it's not a matter of like, oh, the Braves are going to be overowned. Don't play them at all. It's right. like, well, you can build plus EV lineups with them. It's just that they they're they're not with the two drunk pitchers, right? You're going to sacrifice projection there for the sake of getting different, and then you yep. can do vice versa. And you can say, well, this this pitcher's overowned. He is, but it's also the highest raw point pitcher. So you could play in, just don't play the brave stack with them. I mean, like, like so what stra- what what strategic advice am I giving other than every day saying, let's take a look at what the chalk is and don't play it together. Right. End the show, hit the like button. <laughs> right. That's, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, it's uh it's a tough show to I mean, I'm probably gonna go game by game for my show, which I guess I mean you say it's less dry than what you do, but I'm not sure that it is going game by game, looking at the top stacks tool, looking at I guess which players project well for each team. Um, well, that's good for yeah, free content. Really- I mean, if people don't subscribe to Stochastic, like I, I always for the for the free stuff, I, I, I am a little bit more toler tolerant of people because it, it's a it's a marketing tool. Or it's like sign up for Stochastic, sign up for Roto Grinders. Right. But to me, the, the the benefit is that do you want to do this yourself with the numbers that we have here? Just like just pay for the numbers. And then yeah. there you go. You, you don't you don't need the show anymore. But if you're right. watching it for nothing, like like dude, people may not know well who the top projected pitcher is. It's like, well, that's true. Our projections say X. So like, oh, right. thank you. I, okay, if that if that you know you're not going to get the nitty gritty of all the projections and all the ownership and all the everything to do it yourself at you know six thirty or whatever, half an hour before the slate or something. But it's like if you just want to just wake up and if you're a casual player, just go. You know, what's what stack projects the best? What pitchers project the best? Get oh uh, this I think this pitcher's over owned, I think this stack is under owned and whatever, and then decide from there. Like, you're not gonna be that far off doing that. Uh, really, and even like especially in small field GPPs, where most likely you're gonna be playing more of the the better plays, and I'm using plays more of the the better stacks and the better pitchers anyway. Yeah. Right? If right. you're playing the 121 single entry, 450 person contest on DraftKings, like it's quite you're probably not playing lineups that are like 25 points lower projected than others you're probably playing one at least one of the two chalkiest pitchers because they project the best and you're probably playing one of the top five stacks in raw projection on the i mean one of them i mean right you're probably not going completely off the board so like tuning into a show like that like just gives yeah, you the sense useful. of like this is the this is the type of thing, but in large field, you could go, I mean, large field, you could get much more creative. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it'll be, it's a work in progress. Cause I, it's also, uh, I'm going to be self-producing this show. So I can kind of do whatever I want. So I'm thinking like, maybe I'll go game by game, but, uh, I don't know they if I'm actually going to give you a producer. Why is that? They're cutting costs. Well, we, we just had, uh, one of our, uh, major employees just leave who was kind of, uh, he was a producer slash uh, did did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Just left, so we're a, a little bit shorthanded. And j- yeah, just just saving costs. Is, is, is the site doing dying? Is, anytime anyone leaves, it's like, is the site dead? No, he got a, he got a great in person producing job uh, locally, so he decided to. Who wants take to that, do anything but, uh, in person anymore? <laughs> I know. I thought he was crazy. Also, he has to wake up at like three thirty in the morning, so I think he's a nut for taking the job. But uh, you know, now he's he's a great employee that we lost. Um, but no, it's just it's just a matter of cutting some costs also our MLB content like 
relative to NBA gets like, you know, a fifth of the viewers. So it's just, we focus on where we get more viewers. So that's where we're using producers and, and stuff. That's why they have bit. you on. Cause you have to increase the viewership. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm the guy, that, I'm the guy to do that for sure. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the guy who is willing to do it. Cause like, cause I'm the new guy, you know, every, no, nobody wants to do baseball content. They're, everybody's like, no, I just want to do NBA. Don't, don't put me on baseball content. But as a new guy, I got put on the, the solo. Why, why don't people want to do MLB content? Uh, I think just because it is kind of dry, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that was, uh, when I, when I talked about what I like to do, I said, yeah, I think I prefer doing NBA content just because for me, it's just, I think I have more interesting opinions about NBA, like different, like player, different spots, like baseball. I, it's, it's hard for me to really identify anything where I'm differing from like the top stacks tool, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's very dry content when I do it. So I'm like, I don't really want to do the content where I know I'm going to be the driest, uh, but, uh, and from what I was told, it sounded like nobody was really excited about, everybody was more excited about doing NBA than MLB, I should say. I have like, Adam has been referencing on shows how excited he is for MLB to be coming. I think a lot of people are excited to play MLB, but maybe not necessarily do the content. I, 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 MLB, you kind of get the best of both worlds. It's such a variant. It's like, there's so much variance that it's like, uh, yeah, you could play a bunch of like 17 of these teams and 10 of these pitchers. And I think that's all pretty good. And then whatever you hit on, right? The next day you could beat you, you know, you beat half the time you're right and half the time you're wrong and no one cares, right? I mean, like it's like NBA, you get burned so often. I mean, like, like it's just like, oh, I'll, this guy, oh, I think this guy's gonna based on this rotation is gonna play uh, 38 minutes and then he DNPs for no reason. I mean, like just out right. of the blue, just that, um, right? Something happened. You, whatever you say at, at the time that you're doing the show at like noon central or whatever, right? That it's like okay, it's NBA DFS. I can say whatever I want because six hours from now, none of this matters anymore. Not gonna matter. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's, <laughs> to me, that's that, to me, I wouldn't want to do that content because it feels like you're doing it oh, for no reason. To, I think that we're all on the same page that we don't want to do early NBA content. I think in general, people enjoy doing like NBA deeper dive live before lock more than uh, MLB. So doing, doing so you're you're not doing you're not doing the show like before lock. So you'll be able to just build your lineups in peace. Yeah, so so for for the time being, while NBA is still going on, the strategy show is all we're going to have for MLB, uh, and then once NBA you know gets a little bit quieter, maybe that's when we'll start doing live before lock, deeper dive, that kind of stuff. And you're you're just going to be one fifty in both sites. Uh, I'm not going to be. I've, I've cut back my volume pretty hugely, and I think I'm going to keep doing that for MLB. I'm probably going to be doing 30, 40 lineups a day. Okay, but lo- both large field. Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, so something I, more, I, something more akin to how I play large field. Yeah, when I play large I, I, field, I've been thinking about doing some more single entry, you know, three man that kind of stuff. Uh, not not three mans. Uh, I mean, three three max. three max. Yeah, um, th- that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure. I'll, I'll see what the contests look like. My suggestion is that if you if you play like if you're playing large field and you're playing like twenty to forty lineups, like something like that, which is up my alley because that's how I played large field for the longest of times. Very, very rarely playing 150. If it overlay, yeah, that's that's when I play 150. Yeah, uh, is that I think because you're playing less volume, you should be playing more exploitative. Agreed. That, that's exactly how I've been playing in NBA. Way more exploitative uh, when I do. And like I, I can in NBA, often I'll be like over 50 percent on a player who's like 10 percent owned in NBA. I, I just take way more stands uh, when I think I see a good play in NBA. Right. I'll probably or, or say the same, same for the fades. It's like, like if you see there's so many times on, in like in baseball, if I'm playing 40 lineups in the large field and like cores is chalk on like a 12 game slate, 
Like, I have no problem unless there's a, you know, obviously I can build plus EV lineups with cores, but a right. lot of times it's just like, I think cores is way over-owned. I just exit out and just build. Yeah. And I it's literally have zero. And if, core, if something happens in cores and it's a, you know, 14 to 12 game, I just lose. But I'm not losing 150 lineups worth of entries. I'm losing 40 yeah, entries. Exactly. You know, it's, I'm much more exactly inclined to not care as much about diversification because it's like, oh, I have $600 in action versus having $2,200 in action. Yeah. And it's like, if I get, if I have some minus 95% days at 600 bucks, I don't mind, but I'd, I'd exactly. like to have more bullets of all the leverage spots and all the exploitative spots that I can rather than have 150 and have to worry about like, okay, maybe I should have 5% of both cores right. teams because just from a, from a bankroll management standpoint. Yeah. Just make sure I get some money back if things go way off in course. Right. Yeah, I'll build those exactly lineups to win first. Yeah. They'll be weird in other spots, but it's like with yeah. 40 lineups, it's just like, if I see a heavily over-owned spot, I just exit out. If I see a heavily yeah. under-owned spot, like dude, maybe, maybe I'll have 80% of this guy. I mean, maybe I'll just like, there's this picture that's 6% owned. that probably should be 20. And I was just like, eh, you know, based on my lineup constructions and the price range it's at, it's like, ah, fuck it, I'll have 80% of them, right? Yep. Right? And it is what it is. You'll go on to the next day. It's MLB DFS, right? To me, MLB, MLB it, you, 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 the, the ownership, if you, if you, if you plotted the, the correlation between ownership and fantasy performance, like MLB, it's like the lowest out of like all the oh, sports. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would expect. Right, so which means that, like the the penalty of being different isn't as dramatic. Yeah, right. NBA, it's like there's some slates where, like, yeah, yeah, many slates. If you plot it over the course of time, like seventy percent owned players in large field GPPs typically do very well. They because yeah, that, that's exactly. the reason why they're seventy percent owned. Yeah, seventy percent. Imagine having a imagine having a ten game slate with a seventy percent owned batter. Imagine imagine right. Ronald Acuna is accidentally three K. And people yeah, are like, well, I you got to jam him in. It's like, dude, he gets four bats. He can easily go like, dude, he could even hit a home run, a solo home run. And still, you could still make that. I you mean, 14 points, yeah, yeah. right? You can still get that from some other batter, right? right. So like 3K, 3K Mike Trout is not like right. you got to jam him in every lineup. It's like, right. dude, if this guy's going to be 7% owned, I just X him out. Okay, fine. It's a batter. It's baseball. And, and you don't get 3K, but that's the thing. Like you get uh, often in baseball, you still will get like a 25% 3K batter who's obviously not a star, happens all the time, which is that's something that's uh, Peter Viles, Aha Bro, said on uh, on my show, on, on high stakes that he just X's those players or he, he does things to limit uh, those players to only in stacks, that right. kind of thing. Like he doesn't want them as one offs, which I, I've never done that, but I think that's something I might start doing. I didn't do it last year because I had had such a good year the year prior without doing it. So I was like, I stayed the course and now I think I'm ready to uh, adjust a little bit. Right. But my, my, I, I already got my, my process down. I have an Excel spreadsheet that I'm bringing into my portfolio trimmer for the, the theory DFS uh, Excel tools. And the thing, the thing is that I'm going to be building essentially uh, I'm going to be playing somewhere between three to five lineups. So I'm going to be playing basically two, I'm going to call them cash lineups, but they're not cash lineups. And then one to three GPP lineups. The one lineup I'm always going to be playing is one lineup into the 121 single entry. Like that's going to be a staple contest that I play every day. I may, I'll throw that lineup in also into the, the $4, 20 max into the $15 mm -hmm. main, like just, just cause it, it will be a stacked lineup 
And it's going to be geared for smaller field play, but that doesn't mean it can't win the $15 one. Large field also. And then if I'm, if I want a little bit more, I'll make two more GPP lineups and I'll play one in like the $25 single entry, one in the $12 single entry, and also put those into the large field also and build two extra lineups or something like that. But the two cash lineups are the 3X, 5X, the triple up, quintuple up style contests, the yep. three man and five man lobbies. And the reason I'm doing two is for variance control because when I start excluding the the most, because what basically what I'm going to be doing is aggregating projections and then throwing that into my portfolio correlation matrix and seeing basically what what are the what are the most used combinations of players based on median projection, mm-hmm. which essentially is like what's the cash lineup and what's what five players like stick together because every, most people will be playing those players in in cash games. And then what's the projection difference with only four of them, only three of them, only two of them, only one of them. And then as it goes down, how many can I eliminate with how much projection do I give up by eliminating them? This is mostly for batters, not necessarily for pitchers. Yeah. Uh, And then basically try to play, I want to play the highest projected lineup that doesn't contain the combination of those five players. Okay. Right, and this is for three mans and five mans. Three mans and five mans. So basically, I and once I get to that point, the thing is, t- what typically happens is once you get to that point, you could end up with like a hundred lineups that you could choose from because they're all very closely projected to each other. Because like, if I don't play this third baseman, like that's point seven points higher projected than these four other third basemen. I can play any of the other four third basemen. And that happens at like every position. So in combination, it's like, okay, here's a lineup that projects for four and a half points lower than what most people cash lineups will look like. And here's the next lineup that projects for 4.51 points lower, 4.52 points. And it's like, but, but for that half a point, I have like, it could be 50 lineups. And it's like, do I just play the top one out of them? Even if it's like barely, barely a difference. Do I play... I mean, how do I choose? So it's like, what if I just choose two, right? So I choose two, and I want the two out of that bunch to be combinatorically different also, right? Right. So I'm not relying on as like the same... Now, obviously, I'm going to have overlap to some extent, but I don't want it to be that my first lineup is like like 10 players like this, and the next lineup is nine players and one different. Like that, 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 that... that doesn't do anything, really. So are we are we still working under the assumption that most people in the three mans and the five mans are going to be playing their cash optimal they're, they're lineup? Du- they're double up lineup. And what I'm doing yep. for the start of the season is I'm entering both lineups into double ups also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just for CF. Basically, I'm not giving up much for the double ups as it is by playing the lineups yep. that I play because of the amount of variance. It is suboptimal, but just for the, the ease of CSV retrieval. So I could just go and go. Let, let me take a look at the double up. I could download the CSV. I could look at all get get all those lineups, and then download the triple up at the thirty one man triple up and go what what players match and what players don't match, right? Yep. Just to see, it's like okay, these are the players that play lineups. Everything. These are the players that play different lineups and everything. And yeah. Just to see where, where where the edge lies. Last year, most of most of the field played the same lineup in those contests, but I can't be one hundred percent sure. I want to I want to track that. 
So that's people why. may have listened to your show since then. Well, I don't know. I don't know. People change what they do there in certain sports, like in soccer. I know Saramek, like he he has changed that. Like he like yeah. in soccer, like I I will I will play in the over the past year, maybe even two years. Like I'll play him and he'll be in double ups. I'm not playing him head to head. I have him blocked because he's the best soccer player in the lobby. Uh, but I'll see like I'll be in three mans and five mans with him and other people. And see, like, oh, the double up, he didn't do very well. But he beat me in several three-mans. And I'm like, how the, how the fuck did that happen? Oh, yeah, because he played a different lineup. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, okay. So he's not playing across. Yet, like, someone like Redcoat in the soccer lobby typically yep. plays one lineup across the whole the whole damn thing. So it's like, okay, I, I need to keep track of this type of stuff so I know how to play exploitably against these types of people because I'm mostly going to be countering regs doing yeah. this. And then taking right. two lineups controlling some, some amount of the variance. And it's even it's in baseball, especially it's possible that I could have a five V five between two lineups and have both of them win. I mean, but cause they're, they're, yeah, like, right. I can, it's not like it's Good like point. one or the other, but since I'm playing triple ups and quintuple ups, like if one lineup bombs and one lineup does well, I actually make money on the day. Right. right. Technically. Right. So yeah. like do that, do the one twenty one single entry and maybe two extra GPP lineups. Are you doing anything in, in like a five man? Do you do anything to try to correlate? Like, is that a tiebreaker for you to correlate player uh, batters from the same team? That kind of thing? Nope. No, because I'm not okay. playing. Because how I'm I'm trying. I'm not trying to increase my variance. I'm just trying to be as high projected and different from the other sure. four players. I, I I'm relying on the fact that a lot of my EV comes from comes from the fact that the other four players in the contest have very similar lineups to each other. True. Okay. So it's like, so I, I don't need the correlation. I, I'm not looking to beat yeah. them by, by 40 points. I'm just looking, right. looking at, I want the, I, I want a lineup that projects for four points, five points lower than them. That's a six V six because when two of their players, when two players of theirs fail, it's, it's, it's not just in one person's lineup. It's like in three out of the four right. players. Right? right. So it's like, they're the ones that are increasing the variance because like they need, they need, the, the margins between beating each other out of the four people in that contest are so small. And me, like, dude, I, I I did this last year. There were times where, like, oh, the cash lineup's doing very well. And I just happened to play a guy in the outfield that hit three home runs on that day. And yep. I beat all of them, right? Even though I had, like, like poor performing two other spots. It's like, nope, I got one guy. The guy, and none, no, none of the four people had him. And it's just like, okay, right. I beat you guys by five points. Right, even though you guys did well enough, they cashed in double ups, but I won in triple ups and all those types of contests. So like, you can get bailed out in baseball so much more than in any other sport. I don't yeah. mind being that much. I don't mind being different. No, I mean that sounds like that's kind of your goal. You're trying to be as different, right? As in, in the but not minutes. like yeah. I'm not trying to play garbage, right? I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sacrificing yeah. 16 points in projection in these types of contests. I mean that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same as a regular GPP. As you said, it's like you're trying to play the highest projected, lowest owned lineup, essentially. Right. And for yeah. a five-man contest, the the amount of projection that, you, that that's considered a low projection is like is much higher because you only have to beat four other people. Right. When you're beating twenty, trying to beat thirty thousand other people, it's like in order for me to get different and different, I have to sacrifice more and more projection, and then make that up in the fact that you're playing lower owned players or lower owned combinations of players, but in the small field stuff, the, the, the thing is though, Neil, the 121 is exceptionally exploitable because the, 
so many people play high projected lineups in those contests. I think Greg plays the 121 too. He, he really likes that contest. Or maybe that was, no, maybe it was Alex Santi loves the 121. No, yeah, he, no, he loved the one. And the nerdy tenor loved the 121 also. Because what, only like the top 10 out of 100 make money. Is that right? Is that that no, contest? No, 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 no. Okay. No, now, 121 is the single, 5K to first single entry on DraftKings. Okay. He may be talking about the, like the 100 mans on FanDuel that pay 12. That is, that, that's what I'm top. thinking of. Those are, those are, are those are, those are similarly exploitable. That yeah. there's so many people playing high projected lineups in those that the ownership just gets completely out of hand. But in one the 121 single entry that happened, like, dude, we'll have, I mean, I don't know what's going on tomorrow slate. I, I'm assuming Braves are going to be chalky. But like, if Ronald Acuna is like 22% owned in like the large field, like the 121, like he could he could literally be 50% owned. Okay. Like interesting. And dude, it's an 11 game slate and it's a fucking batter. Yeah. 50% owned? Like, fucking easy. Easy. Oh, sounds X. like some edge there. Right? How because often do you get different? In, in like a five-man, how often do you get different with your pitchers? Or do you just play? Not as no, not, not as often, only because only because obviously they're more normally distributed. So, like, yeah. like, sacrificing pitcher projection is much more much more detrimental than sacrificing in, in batter projection. But, I mean, it depends on how, obviously, how close the pitchers are projected to one another. Right, if right, but it's 11, most likely it's most likely that my 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 five v five off of those lineups don't include the pit. Typically, I'm I'm in the five man. It's quite possible that like both of my pitchers are eighty percent owned, right. right? Which means four of us have that pitch. It could be a hundred percent on some slides, and just like whatever type of thing. Because a lot of times, yeah. if you get rid of that pitcher, like you're sacrificing three points just from getting rid of that pitcher. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if I don't mind sacrificing three points amongst three batters, right? Right. Because I'm sacrificing like a point per batter as I replace them. But once I sacrifice one pitcher, it's like, oh, I'm playing like the same seven batters out of eight batters as everyone else. But I just have a different pitcher and a different catcher. It's like it ends up being a two v two. And if I if I make it be a five v five, instead of giving up four points, five points in projection, now I'm giving up eight points, nine points in projection. It's like, yep. why don't I just play the pitch? Like, I don't want to be sacrificing three points, four points in one spot, right? Yeah. I could do that at batter. Even at batter, that's that's a little that's a little bit of a stretch. But a pitcher, it's like, I don't I don't think it's worth it enough. I'd just rather be yeah. combinatorically different elsewhere. But there are going to be some slates where four pitchers project pretty. You know, some people are going to go up and down. Some people can play the two in the middle. But it's kind of like. A bunch of people are going to be around twenty percent owned, and it's like, okay, now, you, now it doesn't matter. Now there's going to be enough diversity amongst my opponents that I don't, I don't even know if it matters. None of the pitchers are quote chalky, like right. Those four pitchers will be compared to the other twenty, but amongst the four, there's not going to be one that's sixty and the others are fifteen. It's going to be like they're all around the same. So it's yeah. like whichever one's fit, and just you know, I'm just I'm all I'm doing is running lineups in lineup HQ and transferring it over to my Excel tools. So it's like, like I'm not I'm not even going there to like select which pitcher am I going to play. It's just like whatever happens to be in the lineup, it's in the lineup. That's that is what yeah. it is. No, that's kind of what I figured you would say that you're you're not really making changes at pitcher all that often, but wanted to confirm. Yeah. So you see what I won in my DraftKings prize chest this last week? Oh, did, did you won a big one, right? I won the uh, the hidden prize, the uh, sound bar worth two point four thousand dollars. 
Oh wow! I just, I just, uh, it was on my mind because I just had to go in and confirm it. It's like you, have, you have to wait until the following prize week to claim your prize. So I went through and finally claimed. What that type of now. sound bar is twenty four hundred dollars? I don't even know what a sound bar is. Is it just a speaker? Yeah, it's just a speaker, but it's a, it's typically it's a long speaker that goes underneath your television. Okay, I'm, I'm probably just going to sell it. I mean, what, dude? You could buy a sound bar at Best Buy for like what one hundred fifty bucks. Not this high quality sound bar. High quality. What, what could it? What, what is it made out of? Diamonds? I mean, what's? It, it's called DVLA. Maybe that's a DV Dior DVL. I don't know. It's a fancy. Dior is it? What? It's a, it's a fashionable one. I guess I what, don't know. Dior sound bar. Sound? Yeah, let, me, let me look out what it's called. D, uh, DVLA Dion. Yes, oh yeah, no, I see. Is. I see. Right, twenty four hundred dollars. High end sound bar. The DV, DVLA Dion soundbar is Dolby Atmos enabled. Allow it's yeah, it's it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah, so if you want it, I'll give it to you for two thousand. No, <laughs> <laughs> a true yeah, all-in-one soundbar, seventeen autonomous high-end high drivers, all powered to proprietary DVLA. It almost sounds like DVOA, like you're getting a high yeah. DVOA. <laughs> right. Do you want three D sound? There's no such thing as three D sound. Yeah, this is this. I guess, I guess it is a high end soundbar that probably, if you plugged in a one hundred and fifty dollars soundbar from Best Buy, I'm not sure if you'd be able to tell the difference. I wouldn't be. I'm sure there maybe maybe like Nerdy Tenor would be able to tell the difference with his background and you know sound, sound. and stuff. But I don't right. think that I would be able to tell the difference there. Yeah, it's for me. It's just something I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sell. I was hoping that I was gonna have that option, like convert to DK you know, dollars or something, but that was, that was not an option to check out. So I'll take it. I'll sell it. At, at some point, we're going to have to convert the DK dollars for the Apple set. Yeah. Well, I, we got an, I got another email yesterday about that and me it too. told me nothing. It said, we will not let you know when we ship, I think is what it said. Right. Like why well, send it out? No, the, the email basically said that, uh, that your iPhone may ship separately. So don't be alarmed. Right. You'll true. receive an email with your tracking details from here. And you'll not be able to provide you with the arrival until that email is sent. Yep. So basically, who knows? Sometime, yeah. maybe. We're yeah. still thinking about you. Right. Yeah. We're still good because they're probably getting because probably other pe- people have gotten their watches. and they're I have their- gotten four or five DMs from people asking me, did you get the Apple? Have you gotten it yet? Like people are, are very much thinking like, are we just not getting these Apple prices? What's taking so long? Because like you said, yeah, the watches, people have already gotten some of the other awards. So rewards i mean jason robbins spent one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars to send his family to the super bowl i saw that I, I didn't read into it too much but i did see somebody posting that on twitter that's pretty crazy right so i mean they should be able to afford to send out these old apple products they're not even the new versions are they not i thought well the, I, the, a, the iphone, iPhone i think the iphone 14. is i mean well it came out like what seven months ago but the the lap the lap the, the laptop is a twenty is a twenty twenty one or what whatever it's the it basically it's the same laptop that I bought my wife two years ago. Okay, interesting. So that's why that's why like she's getting the, she's getting the the new watch, right? Because she has the old she has an, a watch from like four years ago, the Apple yep. Watch. She has the first version of the i the AirPods whatever the earphone, so she'll be using that. But she has the, you know the iPhone twelve, so she'll upgrade her phone to iPhone. I already have the iPhone fourteen. And then, then what? The iPad. I don't know. I think maybe we'll just give the iPad to a nephew or something like that. Yeah. She already has an iPad, and I I don't need an I don't use a tablet. And the laptop I'll use for, and I'll bring it to the poker room because I I use a desktop nice. now. So 
That'll be the that'll that'll be the laptop where I basically load up Chrome, load up Excel, run everything run everything a half an hour yeah, at like six thirty, and then go back to playing poker on the days that I play nice. poker. Like yeah. that's 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 all I'm planning on. I was considering buying a laptop before then, but once I saw the Apple, I said, oh, "Okay, I'll wait for this to come." It'll be here before MLB season. What do I have nothing to worry about? Oh, I no. thought I was going to sell or no, I, I was thinking that I was going to sell the laptop when it came in. And now the laptop that I'm on right now has been kind of shitting out on me a little bit more regularly than I'm comfortable with. Like I'm okay with it, you know, once a month, if something happens and it shuts down for some reason, that's maybe fine, but it's happened a few times in the past couple of weeks. And now I'm thinking I might need to replace my laptop. So maybe I'll end up using the new, uh, MacBook. Uh, my wife has claimed the, uh, the Bluetooth headphones that we're getting for Apple. I think I'm going to use the watch, but so do you normally use the laptop? Yeah, I'm always on a laptop. Yeah, I don't I even can't. have a desktop. Yeah, I can't do that. Do you, do you use the external monitors? Yeah, I have a big monitor. I just have a, one laptop, one large monitor that I hook it up to. Oh. And then I move to, I'm, I have two desks here. So I'm on this desk that I'm on right now. I only use uh, when I'm doing shows. Otherwise, I'm on my other desk. Right. With, with you're you're, not, you're not like me. I have seemingly infinite screen space. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people do. And that's, uh, I, I don't know if you listened to the Levitan Utakau interview. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he has, uh, I think he said he has a couple monitors. Uh, and it sounds like a, a lot of people in uh, in some of our discords were, were sounding pretty uh, like, who who would use just one laptop? How could you possibly make lineups with just one laptop? I don't know. I've always just used one. Well, I mean, two. it seems like it's weird to have two, la- two computers. Yeah. I can understand the monitors. Like to me, I've... I have I have three twenty seven inch screens. So damn okay. One two three and like one like typically my default is like the one on one, I have one in front of me, right? One on the side is basically TweetDeck, right? Okay. Of course I could put stuff over it. So like I will drag Windows over because it's like I don't need to see all of TweetDeck all the time or whatever. It's on the side. And then on my other screen I typically have Slack, Discord. And my to-do list and everything like over there. So it's like, it's all, all these, my main browser is typically in front of me. And then I just move windows. I typically have, I, I have a program that sizes windows to certain sizes. So I could just like, okay. oh, I'm going to drag this and this is going to make it a square over here. And this is going to make it a thing over there. So like, it's like, oh, I want to cool. see this there. I want to see that there. And I don't have to like resize shit. So yeah. it's like, oh, I need to see the bat projections by themselves. Okay. I need lineup HQ over there. Okay, but I need to now, instead of minimizing it and kind of switching through, it's like I could see everything at once and just move the windows wherever the fuck I need them. Right? It sounds better than what I have because I just go tab to tab. I just have a bunch of tabs open. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not a, no. I'm not a tab person. I like, I like just every, yeah. everything, everything all at once. Right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I rarely ever get to see my desktop background. Something's yeah. always open or some window is something above everything. Yeah. So, so that's, why, that's why I never got, I, I used to have a laptop. It's like I didn't use it for so I, I ended up giving it to my wife a couple of years ago. And then she wanted a new one. So we got that one. I sold the other one back to Apple for whatever resale value. And it's like, okay, like I don't travel enough where I'm gonna need a laptop anymore to do any type of work. But if I do want to Is go it out, easy to sell uh unused Apple stuff back to Apple? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what I'll do with all my Apple products that I'm not using. Well, I mean I the I don't, I don't know. If, yeah. I, I don't know about selling something in box new. Okay. I think you just said used and they're not, they're not going to give you the best like deal. I think it'd right. probably be better to just sell it on eBay. Okay. 
Right, because then you can get you can um, if it's new in box in the shrink wrap and everything like that, you could practically get get the store almost value yeah full value for, right. You yeah. know, pretty much get this right, yep. maybe a hundred dollars off or something. You know, some type of discount. But if it's like new, new, yeah, right. But once once you open it up, then then you're getting you know then you have no matter if you didn't use it at all, yeah, the money's going to come off. But Apple products tend to uh, maintain their their value longer. Hopefully, they're not branded with DraftKings stuff. No, I don't think so. Why would they? Be? I don't think they would either. Because because right. we get grills and stuff that are all branded with DraftKings. I don't think they will be because it'd be weird with Apple products, but also wouldn't be entirely shocked. But you wouldn't want a DraftKings laptop that had the glow lap. Just for the resale purpose. I'd be fine with it, to be honest. If, it, if it's just mine, I don't care. But if I'm trying to resell it. Yeah, but if it was specifically easier. made like that, you know how rare those are? That maybe they actually have more value. Good point. I hope they are DraftKings labeled. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think the Rolex watches were... We're drafting. Yeah, oh, right. look, DraftKings watch. Good point. Good point. Right. Uh, so, is there anything else going on? Are you met, we mentioned the Utica, the, the Utica interview that Levitan did. Like, to me, uh, and I've, I've I've said this before. If you go back to previous shows, go back years ago, uh, I would put I would if to me he is the greatest DFS player of all time when considering. Like, if you just had an overall player for all formats, all sports, like, yeah. I consider him to be the great. Like, like even on his show, on, on his interviews, like, well, who would you consider to be, you know, the greatest or whatever like that? And even he says that, well, it really depends on the format and the sport. Some people sure. are better at this than others. Yeah, that that is true. But it's like, if you're like... Overall. Overall, it's like, if you want to just like, okay, you, you're going to need a person... To play seven different DFS sports, cash games, GPP, small field, large field, anything. It's like, and you got to pick one person to play for you. Like to me, it's Utica. Yeah, I mean, you certainly got a ca- uh, a case for it. Like, you, it's it's not a not a bad choice. That's that's for damn sure. Obviously, I'd throw uh, throw Alex into the ring there just because. You know, he, he, he's not playing as much these days, but he did for many years. He was the number one ranked Roto-Grinders player for, I think, four consecutive years. So I'd throw Alex into the conversation there. I uh, put him I, on the Mount Rush. I put him on the Mount Rushmore of DFS yeah, players. I, I would too. Yeah, I think Utica, Alex, would you put like McLovin on there? He, he, I don't know he, if anybody's he, been as dominant in their time period as Condia was. In the right, early, but early I don't. I, yeah, right. It's in it. The, the key standpoint is in his time period. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of like you know compare like the Babe dead Ruth. ball he was era. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it's kind of like what like anything before like 2015, 2016. It's hard. Like Sahil. Right. Like from a like from a from the era, I would say yes, but like, I don't know. I mean, I like to me Pedro Martinez. Like compared to like Sandy Koufax, it's like as you get like Clayton Kershaw, as we get further and yeah, compare LeBron James to someone, to Bill Walton, or like like dude, yeah. it's a different era of the like game yeah. is so much more so much tougher now than it was right. when he was when they were dominating right. Yeah. But yeah, which but is yeah, why I, which makes Utica that much more impressive and, and the people right. who are doing it now. But I don't know. Let me let me check out their RG leaderboard. What does it look like? I haven't looked at it recently i know that i have fallen off big time i i stopped paying attention because they stopped uh giving me credit for any of my wins <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was like fuck at this i'm not not looking at this anymore uh but yeah i would say you Ut- like all time all 
I mean, I would put Alex. I mean, to me, to me, Alex is up there. Uh, then, you know, obviously we're missing, we're missing one slash two people. I put them in one, in one thing. It's a uh, Chipotle attic and Papa Gates. Yeah. Good point. And I'm not putting them in one thing because they're colluding. It's just that obviously that they're utilizing very similar sources and they're both good. So it's right. kind of like, oh, I'm going to put up Chipotle addict, but well, then what about Papa Gates? And I don't want to use if I'm if I'm carving faces on a on a on a Mount Rushmore type of object, I don't want to use two from kind of like two brothers, right? Right. So I I'd, I'd put I'd put I'd put them on the Mount Rushmore. Yep. Good call. I guess my I mean from just a longevity standpoint, probably McLovin. Yeah. What but I think like someone like Giant Squid would be in the conversation. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I guess I, I have not thought of him as being in that conversation, but he probably is. He's been crushing it for so long at this point. Right. I mean, obviously, if it was basketball, I'd obviously have Petty Theft up there. Yeah, if we're talking just basketball. Right. And Petty Theft, like, he does so well at basketball that he could almost be there, but he doesn't play most sports, so. Right. I mean, obviously, like, it. then we, I, mean, I don't know, Matt Rushmore, like, like Brick, is up there and 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 Steve DeCults yep. up there. You know, guys like uh like BK Reader, maybe a little bit less for GPPs. That's why it's like now now you start getting into like there's a lot of there's a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah. Right. Sean uh, FJ Bourne, right? I was I was gonna throw FJ Bourne in there as well. Yeah. We we oh yeah, Sean's on. Yeah, there are so many great DFS players. I was gonna say Steve, I think, is the most unknown great DFS player, Steve Buzzard, just like people I don't, think don't people know don't who know he is. the cults. Come on. Maybe they just don't know him by his name. Right. Yeah. yeah, I just looked down like the top fifty and it's like, yeah, I mean you could at that at this point, like you could it could be any of these people. We didn't even mention Whistles Go Woo. Who is currently right? Well, that's uh, why I meant he's in there. The same same thing. I mean, like, dude, it could be any anything. Yeah, yeah. Whistle is just like he's so new that it's hard to give him, you know, the the goat status. Right. Some of these guys have been playing for a decade and dominating. Right. I I think I would be on the Mount Rushmore of DFS teachers. I think you would be too. I'd put you on my put you on there. I'd put uh, probably maybe Josh. Like he he does he he does great. Uh, he's great at teaching and also does just so much content. That's another thing that right. you haven't come. You, you're very prolific. Uh, and also I I've learned a lot from both of you. I think, um, I don't know who I'd put on the, you the have to put, you have to put Levitan. Yeah. No, to me, to me, the the ones that go, that go up immediately are Bales and Levitan. So that's, uh, that's interesting. So I, I have not consumed a ton of Levitan content, I think. So maybe that's, uh, maybe it's a shortcoming. I think this. Well, just know, from a prolific amount in, in, DF, in NFL DFS. I mean, if you were ever exposed in the past ten years to learning how to play NFL DFS, it's it's hard not to not to have heard or listened to oh, any yeah. type mean, of I, advice by Adam Levitan. I mean, come on. Yeah, I guess I I've never listened to him consistently. I always enjoy listening to like his interviews and stuff, but it's just he's not somebody that I've listened to consistently enough that I that he jumps to mind to me as somebody who is a. Uh, a teacher like i think of him as, he's very entertaining uh but i guess i haven't consumed enough of his like uh teachable kind of stuff and then bale's just just out of just being like kind of the first yeah like he's like the Great godfather of dfs game of, of like the strategy and game theory like yeah. does he do much anymore no but i mean dude i'm assuming people still on amazon buy the for smart people books for fantasy sports that it's almost how do you I bought know? one of them. I haven't I haven't actually opened it, but I bought one 
a year and a half ago or so. And I thought mm. maybe I'd read it someday. And, and then enough people told me that it's all stuff I probably know by now. So I mm. haven't bothered. I mean, what other, like, I'm, what other pure teachers are there? Because I'm not talking about tout. I'm not talking about tout. Yeah, yeah, I'm I talking know. about more You're like, about like gr- evergreen teaching. teaching style content. Yeah, there's not that many really to i mean brick has a series but like it's only 10 kind of short videos i think mm. he, he would be on there if he did more content but i don't think he's right prolific enough i think he's, i mean he's, he's not, this guy's not around uh anymore for reasons uh gotta gotta include manny laura <laughs> for reasons yeah right i mean he i mean on twitch i mean he's the 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 study minute and everything like that. I mean, that's, I also, I never really consumed his content. He, he's one that I hear about all the time. People talk about him. Like he's one of the better teachers and, uh, I just never, right. If you, if you, 2017, 18, 19, like if you wanted to learn DFS and you, 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 his Twitch streams got, got viewers, right? Yeah. So like I would, I would put him up there. Yeah. I think Alex uh, is actually a great DFS teacher too. He, he does a lot more written content though. So like he doesn't do as much of the like evergreen video content. Um, so. Then I don't want to have a, I don't have a tout Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's where you're going to shine in the tout Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else? Anything? What's up? Anything? It's my birthday today. Is oh, that, happy birthday. Is this uh 44? Yes. How did I know that? That's uh I guess it's not well, that I've said that I was 43 before at some point. You you did. Yeah, at some right. point you said you were 43. Right. Well, and happy you're birthday. You're good at addition. You're very I, analytical thinker. One of my strengths. Exactly. Did you have to I use Excel for that? As long as the numbers are small enough, I can I can add them up. Oh, okay. Um uh I did uh, I, I played XFL Showdown cash games. Uh and and won won some of them by like 20 points. Like it was like 80 to 60. And I was, and I, my takeaway was, I, or I, I couldn't decide if my takeaway was this was a bad showdown or bad cash game lineup, or the field is really bad at XFL cash games. Well, who, who are you playing against? Never heard of any of them. Okay. So that's a good sign, right? Yeah. Right. A lot of times that's a good sign. Sometimes it's not a good sign. Yeah. Cause dude, you, you go to the soccer lobby, like outside of hearing me say people's names, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the EPL lobby. And it's like. I'm going to get a head-to-head with Pew Pew Pew. Never heard of him. I'm going to get a head-to-head with Saramek and Redcoat and Moneyball right. and and Fear My Turtle. I oh yeah, Maybe college sports, I kind of heard about it. And you look around and you go, okay, this should be easy. And then they destroy you. Yeah. And it's like, like what happened? Maybe, the, maybe these were the top of the top in the XFL fields. I don't I don't. Is there, is there such a thing as... I don't really... I'm not Especially sure with you. Is. You would know if anyone else. You and, and, and Justin Freeman and who are the XFL Yeah, I mean, people? I think... Uh, yeah, me, Justin Freeman, Cody Main, uh, Kyle Dvorak, some like Furby Hub, like people who work at those sites, like Furby Hubler, and I think there's other ETR guys who are who are very strong at XFL stuff. Um, yeah, there, there are a number. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some. So I'm assuming I, you would know name. who you would know who would be in the the head. Maybe line. I just maybe maybe I don't know who's great at XFL cash games though. <laughs> well, got to be people. Maybe. It, uh, or were people playing like the, the, the ETR optimal and you know, like something like that for projections sake? So I didn't look at what the ETR optimal was, but there were several people with the same lineup. So I kind of suspect so. Yeah. Okay. So they, do you know what you do? You play the three mans and the five mans and the triple ups and you just, right? I don't know if those are options in XFL though. Sadly. You can find, why not? You could find them oh. in the non-guaranteed. Sure. Why yeah. not? Good point. 
Typically, it's the same people that are in the head-to-heads. Actually, I, I, I take it back. I played a four-man winner-take-all and got second uh, in this last showdown slate as well. So that was kind of brutal. Right. Well, also, showdown's tough to be that different from other people, though. Yeah, I mean, we literally all four of us had different lineups. So this one, no, or maybe somebody played the optimal, but uh, not multiple people. But yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit tough with Showdown. XFL Showdown cash games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, that's where I'm going to get in my cash action. Right, it, it just just boredom or something. I mean, like, no, so, like... so this is actually I was I was putting together my lineup and uh, like I was planning to make a GPP. Like I, I usually put in a dummy lineup, and it just so happened that I like put in the first five of six players and then the sixth one i was like oh i can fit in like all six of the best players with this player a captain this is a great lineup but not for a gpp so i entered it so i was like i just i like this lineup too much and i don't want to play it in the gpps so i just entered it in cash games and then no one played that lineup nobody else played it yeah so so is, is that a sign that like you're really good at xfl or a sign that you're really bad at xfl <laughs> i know well that, that's exactly that was like when you have that thought play. process of like like because that, that sometimes happens to me in mma where it's yeah. like to me, like, I don't play MMA cash games, but it's like, this lineup seems like almost like this is obviously going to be the cash right. lineup. And then, like, you put it together and it's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in $500 worth of double ups and something because this just, like, this, let everyone else make the mistake. And then you see that, like, the sharper players, like, some of them have that that same exact lineup, but, like, only, like, it'll be a, double, a 45 man, $25 double up. And it'll only be like six of us with that lineup. Right. Right. I mean, it's like, and then you look at some of the other lineups and go, what, where the fuck did people play? Why'd you do that? Like, this seems like this almost seemed too easy. Yeah. And typically when it's too easy, like we win. I mean, like it just, right. it, 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 and this, that it's how it felt for us. And it was a lot of people were playing one of the quarterbacks who I didn't think was safe. So I was like, I, I was excluding him. Wouldn't have thought of him in a cash setting. He projected really well. He was one of the top projected players on the slate. So I think that's why people were displaying him because he was in the optimal. But I was like, he's very at risk of losing his job in the second quarter. So I don't know. No, I think I think that's probably what the, the difference is, is that the player standard deviations are different. And in yeah. cash games, you're typically looking for to not increase your variance, but decrease your variance yeah so given the choice between two players with with one slightly higher than the other you'd prefer the one that has the narrower range of outcomes and right. that that's it gets back to the same thing for what happens in mma right like it's a lineup that i look and i go this this seems like the obvious lineup and then other people have played like the highest projected lineup and that's yep. basis on the fact that the ninety one hundred dollar fighter actually does put up like a hundred points and the lower price line uh, fighter puts up at least like 30 or 40, but like right. I'm playing like the $8,700 and the set, like the two fighters that are more likely to win and the fights last at least three rounds, but yeah. you're putting in the knockout artist that has like a 60% chance of winning inside the distance. And like, dude, if he doesn't like you're right. fucked, like yeah. I know that median looks higher, but like, like you're not getting 65 points from this fucking guy. Yeah. You're getting zero times a hundred or 10. Right. So like, I don't know why you're playing them in double ups. Like I'll just get my guaranteed points and feel free right. to run me down. So like, I think it's a very similar situation. Yeah, I think it probably is. Okay. I think, I think we're good enough for my birthday. 
Good. Well, still working it's a birthday. normal day. Are you, are you doing anything for your birthday? No. What the fuck would I do for my birthday? <laughs> I don't know. Watch WWE or something. No, that's what I'm doing. It's a Wednesday. So, you know, it's Wednesday night. You know what? Okay. That means. Yeah. So, so you are doing something for your birthday. You're doing the same thing you do every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And right. This, this, this coming weekend, I, 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 this, this, this coming weekend is like, is, is, is like, uh, the, the, like the Super Bowl for like wrestling. Like it's like, oh, is it? Well, I mean, it's WrestleMania weekend. So, okay. So, but it's not only like WWE. It's that like in Los, where wherever WrestleMania is, like all the indie promotions go and put on shows. Like from Thursday to Sunday, like there's like all the best independent Japanese Mexican talent. They're all across all these shows, and now like there are streaming services where you could watch all of those. Well, you could watch all pretty much all of those shows. So basically, from basically Thursday afternoon to, to Sunday night. Basically, I'm just going to be hanging out and obviously nice. building MLB lineups, yeah. right, in the morning. And then just like, okay, wrestling's on. And then I already have, I already even planned of like what matches that I want to make sure to see. Obviously, I can watch some of the stuff on replay. But like, so it's like the mecca of professional fake fighting. Nice. Fun. <laughs> well, so that's, enjoy that. That's more of like what I'm doing for my birthday. Yeah. Just vegging and watching Fake wrestling. Right. Fake, fake, you know, well, scripted. Scripted sports scripted entertainment. Scripted wrestling. That's right. Right. Nice. So Neil at player Q DFS on Twitter. You're going to be busy, right? You're going to be, you're going to use 7 million shows now. I, I've already been doing 7 million shows and now I'm adding a daily MLB show. So yeah, I'm going to be pretty busy. 7 million and one shows. 7 million and one. Uh, so you could get all of his stuff at Stochastic. You get my stuff, obviously, Roto-Grind is right. We're co- competitors. Oh, my God. Right. Can you believe we're on the same podcast? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> right? You need projections from somewhere. Get them from somewhere. You need, you need from tools somewhere. from somewhere. Get them from somewhere. If you don't get them from Roto-Grinders, get them from Stochastic. If you don't get them from Stochastic, right. get them from Roto-Grinders. There yeah. you go. You got two options. Get them both. Love it. Who gives a fuck? Right? <laughs> what, what do you think I'm going to do? Aggregating projections? It's like, okay. Right? I'm going to have to see if people are building cash lineups. And they subscribe to Stochastic. What's the Stochastic optimal? That's you should get them both. If <laughs> right, you, if exactly. That, that now I okay. Oh, I know. Oh, if you're using Stochastic projections, you can get a lot of this team. Yep. Right. Oh, maybe maybe this team is actually going to be much higher than what the top stack tool says it's going to be because people don't know how to use tools well and just like I'm going to build a hundred lineups and fuck it, I got sixty stacks in this team and fuck it. It's like yep. not going to be eight percent owned anymore. Maybe it's going to be more like fourteen percent owned. Like yep. you wouldn't know that without fucking looking looking at that shit. Yep. So, so it, I want to I want to know what other people are looking at, even if I even if I think they're horrible, right? There, because truthfully, Neil, there are places around the industry that in certain sports, I don't think their projections are very good. But I also sure. know that people also do look at them. So, like, yep. <laughs> like if they do look okay, so I have to expect certain ownership to be a certain way. Because this ownership may be off. This projection may be off, right? Did not, not to jump back into the conversation because you were closing out the show, but that was another thing that Utikow said is that he thinks the projections are so different across the industry for baseball in particular mm-hmm. that he thinks they're not very good. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Right, compared to his, I guess. Compared to his, yeah. Right, right. He's, he's someone... Or he's other someone, sports. Right, but he's someone in MLB that I can't, I can't pen, pick, I can't... I don't know what lineup, like if he... In, in double ups and cash games, like his lineup has no relation to any projection 
aggregate that I have. Like it's interesting. I could disregard other people. I don't other people. Right. I, I, other people I could, I could literally pick their lineup. Like every, yeah. I, like literally every slate. Wow. Like, like I'll know exactly literally, literally. The only time that you may not know is if there's some like rain out risk, right. Yeah. Or something like that. Are you willing to take the shot? Like there's a little, maybe you don't like that type of thing. But outside right. of that, unless there's a late swap, like there are several regulars that, like I, I will. I. That's why. Why do you think I'm tracking across? I need to track across the contest. Yeah. To go, it's like okay. Can I? Okay, I know what their lineup's going to be. Okay, I got that one right. I got it right again tomorrow. I got it right again. Like, oh, I was off one on there. What would be the reason for that? It's like oh, okay, maybe, maybe they didn't want to play that game because because the lineup didn't come out and it's raining over there or something. Then once you know that, then it's like oh, well, I know that guy, this guy, this guy, that guy, and this guy all play this contest. It's like well, I could kind of. What players do they all share? Oh, they all share this player. X out that player. Build a different lineup. <laughs> yeah. Not complicated. Uh, as long as you're getting paid three to five X for it. Like that the key point is that, that right. you don't play head to heads that way because you're right. not getting, you're not benefiting from that. You're just yeah. playing a lower projected lineup to get paid the same amount. And that doesn't make any sense. Not a good idea. Right. So that's that's what I'll be doing at Blender HD on Twitter. And as always, you can pick up the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.